Yes. Yes. I'm Brian. I'm Wish Brian. I'm uh, Amazon Brian. (laughs) (laughs) For all Brian's. Oh my god. What's there? What, we're what like Barbies. Barbies. Oh my god. Hi, Barbie. Wait a minute. If we're Barbies, I have to choose something else. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Brian, apparently. I'm, I'm sexy Brian? I'm fashion model Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still with Brian. And you're the classic. I'm stereotypical Brian. <laughs> oh. And Berkeley is perfect Brian. Yes. yes. Well, technically, wouldn't Brian be perfect Brian? Because it's Brian. Well, yeah. It's Brian! <laughs> Yes, as you heard, Brian and Sarah are still here. We're uh, here. Yes. Anyways, today we're doing chapter sixteen. 16 chapter of- sixteen of the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's my d- gig. D- d- <laughs> what's the word? Dick. Bitch! That Thank you. Because I, I was just supposed to go like, say dick. Every book he's like, um, I'm going to talk about whatever dick. last book. That's not dick. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're doing Deathly Hallows chapter 16. Name of this episode, maybe? <laughs> That's my dick. That's my dick. But it's got to be like that. Like how you said it. <laughs> Jesus. Before we get more into chapter 16 of A Hungry Hungry Caterpillar, That's My Dick, or whatever else we just said, let's acknowledge our patron. Our patrons are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia. Thank you, as always, for your support. And as we always say, y'all should join them. Go to patreon.com slash basic snitches. We have our basic tier for $5 and our Quen tier at $10. Tons of extra content at both of those tiers. We'd love to see you join us today. Before we talk about chapter 16 of whatever the fuck we're talking about, winner loser chapter 15. What happened? Oh, Ron lost. <laughs> I mean. And Phineas Nigelis won. Phineas Nigelis doesn't win, but he is amazing. I'm giving Hermione the win. Because she probably did good things. I mean, she's I don't remember what happened. She literally, well, <laughs> she comes up with bringing Phineas Nigelis out yeah. and chatting with him and all of that. And also, like, she doesn't murder Ron like she probably should. So, Points yeah. for not murdering. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I want points every day for not murdering people. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, we Ron deserve this. That. We deserve that. People need to yeah. credit me for the fact that I haven't murdered people. I take it that means Ron did lose. Ron lost. Okay. Ron did lose. There's something wrong with Tara. <laughs> There's something, There's wrong, something with wrong with Tara. No one is surprised. A thing has been written, but guess what? Tara and I didn't do shit, and yeah, we're not going to do amazing. shit. Amazing. So have at it. We have the yeah. We have the wish version of us here. Yeah. Wish the version. Wish. Take it away. Yeah. yeah. Wish. Brian wrote. Brian is the wish version of me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sarah, you're the wish version of me. You're welcome. Maybe I'm the wish version of Brian. Oh. You're still the wish version of me. <laughs> I'm awesome. It reminds me of that one thing that was something like it was some cartoon on Instagram that it was like a deer looking at a bird and it's like I wish I could fly all over the place. And then the bird looked at like a dog and was like, I wish I could hold sticks in my mouth. This is obviously not what it is, but you get the point. And then the dog looks at a cat and is like, I wish I could get up on that roof. And the cat says, I'm awesome. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. It's correct. It's I am the cat. You guys are the other ones. Oh, you're probably the bird. 
So Brian wrote a thing and Sarah's going Brian wrote a thing. A thing for chapter 16. Godric's Hollow. Sad. Everyone is sad. Ron is gone and Harry and Hermione are both distraught. Hermione can't stop crying and Harry is heartbroken. He is also frustrated because he realizes Ron was right. He has no idea where to even begin looking for the Sword of Gryffindor and it's not like Dumbledore was any fucking help. As days go by, Harry and Hermione chat on and off with the portrait of Phineas Nagellus and are able to get the slightest bit of information of what's going on at Hogwarts. Harry gets an idea, but before he can share it, Hermione points out a strange symbol that has been drawn into the Tales of Beetle the Bard. They determine that it's the same symbol Luna's father had around his neck, and it's Grindelwald's mark. But why would a mark associated with dark magic be written into a children's book? I guess we'll come back to that. <laughs> Harry tells Hermione that he wants to go to Godric's Hollow and is somehow shocked to learn from Hermione that Godric Gryffindor was from Godric's Hollow. Harry wants to go there because he wants to find Matilda Bagshot and Hermione thinks that Dumbledore may have hidden the sword there. We don't call her that here. Batilda <laughs> Yeah. Then she realizes that perhaps Batilda has the sword. After a week of prepping for this trip, including identity theft of two innocent muggles, they apparate to Godric's Hollow. Uh, so, I'm sorry. Now you know what it feels like. Now you know what it feels like to make a dirty joke and someone be like, yeah, moving on. <laughs> you just carried her the way that she carries me all the time. I'll be like something about big dicks and she'll be like, sure. Okay, moving on. <laughs> So, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Please continue. Moving on. After a week of prepping for this trip, including identity theft of two innocent muggles, they apparate to Godric's Hollow. They make their way to a graveyard of wizards where they find a few significant tombstones, one of which has the same strange symbol from earlier. Eventually, they find James and Lily's. Hermione magically makes a wreath to lay at their grave, and then the two leave the graveyard because that's enough sadness for now. This chapter is depressing. Fuck. Fuck indeed. Anyways, at the start of this chapter, so what I wrote down my first note was, while not much happens here, you still get the sense of like tension and what the fuck does that say? The uncomfortableness that Ron is gone. There's not a lot that happens, but you kind of feel that emotion, especially from Hermione, who is just like mm -hmm. really feeling it. Yeah, there's just a lot of heaviness. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it just feels like something's off. So much so that they're relying on Phineas Nigel's Black for Comfort. Right? <laughs> Which is kind of interesting, you know? And on top of it, I think this is a part of it, Harry knows that he can't return to Hogwarts despite everything, but it's still something that's comfortable for him. Even just thinking of, like, he's looking at the Marauder's map and Ginny's on there and he's picturing, like, the comfortable bed and, like, not being in charge. It says that at some point. Well, because he's dealing with, like, all of that inadequacy, right? Ron really triggers that when he leaves, right? Like, yes, Harry being like, oh, yeah, shit, I actually don't have any idea what I'm doing, and you guys just called me out on that, and now I feel like shit. So, thank you. Where's yours? I drank it all in my glass. that's fast. I'm like, well, I'm an alcoholic, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that tracks with Harry. Like, that yeah. would just, like, sit in his thoughts. He's like, Dumbledore didn't give me anything. Ron is right. I mean, again, I don't think Ron was right in the way he His expectations spoke to Harry. Were off. His right. expectations were off. But Harry's not unaware of the fact that, like, yeah, that's actually where we are. But mm -hmm. you would think that Ron would stick by him. That's really where, that's where the problem lies, you know. The, mm -hmm. Right. He even says something about, like, taking down Snape's regime. 
like wishing mm. that he were there to be yeah. able to help mm-hmm. with that because he also assumes that Dumbledore's army is still in full effect right now as well. Yeah, well, he says that the snake brought back the ban on groups yes. three or larger. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly, yeah. So the, we have the, the, the silver, trio, the silver trio is in charge now. And it sounds like other people who were in Dumbledore's army kind of like jump into that because we hear about like Zachariah Smith later on and I believe Seamus and some other people, Michael Corner. So... Speaking of, we talked about Lego Harry Potter. When you go back, you're in the room of requirement. People are camping out there. Because it's like, mm-hmm. now it's Lego Harry Potter. So Right. <laughs> but still. And then uh, the next thing that Harry does is he takes out the Marauder's map and like just looks at Ginny's name like a yep. stalker. Yep. I'm interested in people's feelings are about Harry doing that. I don't think it's that bad, honestly. It's like, to me, it's the equivalent of like, I miss my lady, I'm going to look at them on Instagram. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like the social media of the world. That's really where yeah. I felt about it. Thinking about the fact that someone with the Marauder's Map exists and someone could open it and be like, I see that you're in your room or whatever. But like, You can do that on Snapchat. Right. I was just going right. to say exactly. Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. I mean, you can't see like to the detail of they're in their room. Right. Like, I literally are. got a notification the other day that was like, so-and-so is back in the area. Why don't you send them a welcome message? I was like, Snapchat. No. Oh, my on. God. I'm like, oh, I can see that you're... <laughs> I see you're um, at the giant eagle behind my house. So, Why don't you come over? Fun, fun fact. My mom uses my Snapchat map to make sure that I'm alive. Because one time she texted me on, like, a Sunday night at, like, 2 in the morning, like, going into Monday, and was like, are you okay? Where are you? I was like, at home, sleeping? Why? And she was like, well, your Snapchat map says you're still in Akron. And I was like, because I opened it at Piano Bar at Terry's, and I haven't opened my Snapchat since I came home, so my Snapchat still thinks I'm at Terry's. She goes, I thought you were, like, down on the side of the road somewhere. Oh, my gosh. And I was like... No, I would have to open my Snapchat at each location for Snapchat to register my location. And she was like, But oh. it also recognizes when you're driving. And, like, you're not, like, you don't I don't, have to I don't like, know. But, like, I was home Continue. and it hadn't registered. And my and mom yeah, was it like, It depends on your settings, too. Your yeah. But, oh, because I think mine is allow when I'm using the app. And that's why. Yeah, like, gotcha. I allow location when I'm using the app. I found out that my mom stalks me. And she was like, no, I just, like, do that every now and then. I just look at your location to make sure you're safe. And I was worried that you were still at Akron at 2 a.m. I was like, I'm so glad that my so, mom doesn't understand things. Literally, that is the equivalent <laughs> of using the Marauders. Yeah, I yeah exactly. Is. My mom I think it is. That. I think that I read somewhere that people were like, it's creepy that Harry just, like, stares at her. And I was like, no. But it's First of all, we're he's reading so worried. it. It's not like he's, like, masturbating or something. <laughs> Like, right. he's literally like, Ginny, I miss her, I love her, also I miss Hogwarts. God forbid he, and like, think yeah. about well, that. Well, he didn't put anything in the book about the masturbating. So. Right, no. But also, he's he's also looking to see Ron's name appear, because yeah. he recognizes yes. Ron's privilege. What they're not thinking is, obviously, like, Ron sitting in that place of, like, mm-hmm. guilt and, you yeah. know, everything. And so, obviously, Ron is... Not going to go back to Hogwarts, but... Can you imagine if all of a sudden he did see his name? And, like, mm-hmm. how much that would have, like, changed the trajectory of this book? Right. Harry mm-hmm. been like, a fucking course. <laughs> and, like, the thought of my mom doing that on Snapchat is, like, a fairy tale. <laughs> like, she would never... The only thing I get from my mom on Snapchat is when she's babysitting my nieces. And the nieces play with the phone yeah. and send me things. Anyways. Yeah, my mom knows what Snapchat is. Yeah. No, my mom... Yeah, my mom does not do yeah. shit. It's almost like a comforting thing, right? Like, because you're also yeah. thinking, like, we're getting information that 
Ginny and the others got into trouble at Hogwarts. So it's also kind of like in this world where he has like no control over anything happening, it's comforting to be like, is she okay? Like it's actually yeah. coming out of concern too. Like, is she okay? Right. Is she and, a place that makes sense for her to be? Right. And not in the dungeon. Like knowing or... that she's not or off the map. God yeah. forbid something happened to her. So it's also like that comfort when he sees her name, like she's okay. Like Yeah, I can absolutely. Focus, yeah. And that's why I was like I just remember reading somewhere in, like, in the world, like, social media or something, where people were like, it was creepy that Harry does it. I was like, no, it's not. People love to hate on Harry. We've talked they about this do. a lot recently. Yeah, Come on now. Like, yeah. let's calm down. There are behaviors that those people probably do in their lives that are... Right, also, those are the same people who are like, Snape is so good. He and was brave. He was, he was bullied, so we need to stick up for him. They're like, it's starting to be Christmas time. Let's go to the supermarket. Hell yes. Oh yeah, that's right. She mm-hmm. does. They say that she goes under the invisibility cloak, mm-hmm. but paid. she's still paid. Yeah, she's despite paid. being invisible, because she's, she's a good person. She's a good person. It's so funny because there are so many times already where I've been like, like when they're at the cafe right after they apparate from the wedding. It's like take that food, or like they're at right. the ministry, kill Umbridge and Yaxley, things like that. It is a through line that they are yeah. still obeying They're by good people, like yeah. trying not to be all the way to this like extreme point where like everything is almost like in a final. Like it feels very like we haven't gotten to that level of bad, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a world where where things are like uncertain or whatever, it makes sense to please don't take this as like I think murdering people is okay, but like it makes sense that the heroes would take out the people that are hindering their success. It makes sense that they would steal sustenance to survive, and it's not necessarily viewed as bad because they're the heroes. But they are still like, actually, we don't use stunning spells on people when they're on brooms 50 feet in the air. Like, especially still them. The killing thing, especially, because, like, whatever, you can have morality about, like, this is an innocent person I'm taking this from. These people that they should be killing are not innocent people. Right. They are people who would very much do the same to them. But, alas, it is what it is. They are who they are, and we appreciate their innocence and their good hearts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's, like, extra hard to watch them go through all this, yeah. honestly. So, the big aha moment happens, and it's something that I have been saying for a while. There's, like, this would be my first inclination, and she finally notices the Deathly Hallows in yes. the part. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that that's what that mark is yet. No. Right, it's still the eye. So Harry is, like, I think, preparing to talk her into going to Hogsmeade. And she says, Harry, could you help me with something? And she points, uh, she holds out Beetle the Bard. Look at that symbol, she said, pointing to the top of a page. Above what Harry assumed was the title of the story, being unable to read runes, he wasn't sure. There was a picture of what looked like a triangular eye. And then he was like, I don't know ancient runes. And she's like, no, 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 I have the syllabary here. It's not a rune. It's hand-drawn in. And then Harry recognizes it as the symbol that mm-hmm. Xenophilius Lovegood wears to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then he tells Hermione, well, then that's Grindelwald's mark. And she was like, wait, what? And then he tells her that Crumb told him. And she said, I've never heard that Grindelwald had a mark. There's no mention of it in anything I've ever read about him. And Harry says, well, like I say, Crumb reckoned that symbol was carved on a wall at Durmstrang and Grindelwald put it there. Which is true. <laughs> Grindelwald did put it there mm-hmm. and it was at Durmstrang, but obviously we learn more about that later on in the book. And then they start discussing about the fact that if that was a dark symbol, why is it not something that's more widely known? 
everyone knows who Grindelwald was, and then she's like, well, wouldn't Scrimgower have noticed that, and blah, blah, blah. So Harry and Hermione are having Harry and Hermione time where they actually think of intelligent things and they talk through stuff. Something that never happened when Ron was around, so... Harry and Hermione time. Harry and Hermione time. So, yes. Once again, it comes up. It's a sign that they're on the right track. I think it's funny that Harry was like, oh, I need to tell Hermione. Like, he's gathering his courage to tell her that he wants to go to Godric Hollow, even though he knows it's going to be risky or whatever. And then she's like, yeah, yeah, I know, because we have to go find the sword. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, he, like, completely forgets the entire reason that they're there for a minute. <laughs> like, and, you know, and, like, and I think it's really compelling. He never really knew what arguments to use to talk her into going, because it was clear it was a very personal thing for him, which is so mm-hmm. understandable. Yeah. And Hermione obviously knows why he wants to go there and understands the appeal for him. But now it's like actually maybe, you know, you're right, as Harry's trying to figure out other ways to try to convince Hermione to go to Godric's Hollow. And it's like, oh yeah, that sword. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) But he wasn't thinking about it because, again, Harry is so focused on, like, what Godric's Hollow could mean to him. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, "Uh, also, it's the birthplace of Godric Gryffindor. He's like, what? That part. What? Fucking Harry. Come on, my guy. Like, really? And she's like, um, and she calls him out, like, did you ever even open the book? Like, (laughs) did you ever even open the history of magic? But also, did you you ever even, like, realize that there's not a lot of Godric's in the world, honey? Poor Harry. Harry. <laughs> I mean, in this case, his mind is clearly like very focused on this one particular thing. Right. He's not thinking that it's called Godric's Hollow. He's like, Godric's Hollow is the space that Dumbledore mm-hmm. and I shared, that my parents died yeah. in, like, where I became an orphan. Not to excuse the fact that he's no. fucking stupid about the fact that his name is Godric Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's clear that he's zeroed in yeah. on what this means to him, and I could not imagine. And I will say. At the very mm-hmm. least, that helps with this mm-hmm. because when you're reading this at this point, you're like, oh my God, of course, like this makes a lot of sense logically. But then when you get there and see that it's kind of like a red herring because all mm-hmm. they do is meet up with that awful lady. Mm-hmm. When Peggy was here the last time, she was like, oh, bring me back through book seven. I want to talk about that awful lady. <laughs> and we were like, who the hell are you talking about? And she was talking about the Bethilda yeah. Bloodshot. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's probably some things that we're going to learn in that chapter, I imagine, but the thing that they get out of going to Godric's Hollow is really that emotional stuff, because mm-hmm. beyond what we learn in this chapter, it ends up being kind of a dud, you know? Kind of a dud, meaning really awful. Um, mm-hmm. So they go. Yeah, so After they, a week of preparations. They, like, plan. <laughs> there's a week of preparations. Well, and I almost wonder if... The reason why they were like, okay, let's really plan is PTSD from Ministry of Magic. Because like, we're going to another place. Like, we really need to make sure we know what's going on. I mean, on I here. think that that was really probably the reason why. For Hermione, because um, mm-hmm. Harry's probably like, what the fuck? Harry's like, I don't plan shit. I'm Harry. Really? Like, as she's totally, like, using her planning organization to, like, manage mm-hmm. her environment and control her anxiety about things. So they get there, like, having used Polyjuice Potion. And then she realizes, like, oh shit, there's all this snow. Like, we're covered in the invisibility cloak. We're in disguises of, like, these muggles. But also the snow is showing our footprints. Mm-hmm. Shit, I didn't think about that. I was like, well, whatever. We don't right. need the invisibility cloak. And she, like, freaks out. She's like, wait, what? Like, but but like, they do have the polyjuice, at least. Right, right, right. right. I know. It's I, just I, funny because she's, like, all these different layers. And he's like, well, whatever. I love that moment of they're under the cloak while disguised as other people. Under the invisibility cloak, she realizes, oh, shit, there's snow. 
we're leaving tracks, and Harry's just like, yeah, I'm not doing this shit. We look like different people. Yeah, it's like a nice yeah. blend between both of their personalities. Yeah. So, I want to just do a really quick callback to before they go. Literally just now talked about how Harry's a fucking idiot because he didn't realize who got Gryffindor, where he's from, but... He's also, like, growing emotionally, like, in his intelligence emotionally. Like, mm-hmm. he makes it a point to not refer to Aunt Muriel by, like, connecting her with Ron. Mm-hmm. He was like, Jamie mm-hmm. Vance said this. He's just being very, like, aware of how bringing up Ron's name would probably affect Hermione's mood. Is that Which, why he's doing that, though? Or is it because he doesn't want to talk about Ron? I mean, I think it's both. I think it's, yeah, it's I guess it's to me, I get, like... Well, I don't want to talk about Ron because I'm mad at him right now, and I don't want him in my life. I think it's both. I mean, Harry's thinking about Ron, so I'm not sure what difference it would make if he, like, said Ron's name out loud to empty air. He's talking to Hermione, who's also affected by Ron not being there. Because I I think it's both. I also feel like Hermione might be a person, though, who would feel better about talking about it, and it's just, like, she's not talking about it because Harry doesn't want to talk about it, and she feels awkward because Harry's upset. I mean, I can see that, too, but I I think as far as where Harry is coming from when he says that, when he makes that point, remember what Muriel said. He said, eventually, who, you know, he hesitated. He did not want to say Ron's name, Jenny's great aunt, at the wedding, the one who said you had skinny ankles. It was, uh, oh, said Hermione, it was a sticky moment. Harry knew that she had sensed Ron's name in the offering. I think he's growing in his maturity, like his emotional maturity. Yeah. Which has always been Harry. I think he's always been slowly growing in that. Unlike a certain Weasley who left them last chapter. I think you're right, though. I think he Mm -hmm. also, he doesn't want to say Ron's name either. And, like, what are they supposed to do? Like, neither of them are bringing it up. So it's not just Harry to be like, I need to bring this up or I can't bring this up. It's also Hermione. And it's because they think that they care so much about each other they they're all each other has right now in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. losing ron is it's not just that like ron was harry's best friend ron and hermione were literally a couple it's that that was the one person they had and right now that was their family because hermione's family doesn't know she exists and harry doesn't have family and they're so young and they're so still sweet and good that they have to rely on each other so tiptoeing around a thing that might cause turmoil is a really natural thing, I think, that yeah. Harry does. So, And then, yes, they go to Godric's Hollow and Hermione's well, like, logic. Let's talk about a couple more other details. Because that was something that I noticed. Now there's, that I've... there's other things that they bring up. Because they talk about going back to when Harry was like, Oh, this is guy you got away from. Wait, what was that? <laughs> I did not get any, any of what that. you just said. That's where Godric's Hollow is from. Oh, okay. I mean, I enjoyed the voice. Gryffindor. I just didn't know. <laughs> Gryffindor is from fucking Godric's Hollow, and he couldn't figure it out. Yeah. This is also the place where Bowman Wright created the first Golden, Golden Snitch. Snitch. Because now, I guess it's part of the canon, because it's in Hogwarts Legacy, the Golden Snitch is based on a bird called the Snidget. And so this was the first place where they were like, we're going to stop did, using birds. That. They, that was in Fantastic Beasts book. Oh, it is there too? Yeah. So, there I've you go. I've never seen that in there, wonder. Whoever was like, we should stop mistreating animals, living Godric's Hollow as well. And then the thought of the sword being with Bethilda Bagshot. I like that there's some, like, taking the pieces and putting them together to form this idea. But it still feels half-baked. I don't necessarily know if we feel at this point very confident that Dumbledore would leave it with Bethilda because of mm-hmm. the Rita Skeeter stuff. I don't um, think so either. I think they're grasping at straws, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's do, a good way I to I do say like it. the idea of Bethilda Badshot wielding a sword. 
Exactly. I think that's hilarious. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and obviously if Dumbledore left it with her, like, that would have been when he was alive before Rita Skeeter got a hold of her. So mm -hmm. I guess that that really wouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but they're grasping at straws. They're yeah. like, oh, maybe that's where it is. I mean, you have to start somewhere. So when they get to Godric's Hollow, I've sort of said this before. I think it was when he saw the photo of him as a baby with the broom flying around back in Sirius's bedroom. It's not nostalgia, but there's this feeling of something happening in the past. And am I making any sense? No, like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, it's, it's not like that, nostalgia like, in the right word. It's like this place holds some sort of recognition for him. Exactly. I think you're right. And I think he's actually like trying to feel some nostalgia there, like some sort of connection. Mm -hmm. Some of it's probably fabricated in his like need to do that, which I'm sure is very relatable. I once lived here. This is where my family was whole. And what am I remembering from my childhood? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Where my life could have been normal. Yeah. yeah. With everything that's going on with my dad and my parents, and just also working on my own mental health, I've been in this place where I'm like very nostalgic and thinking back to things like when I was a kid. Even when you're a baby, I'm sure there are things that stick with you from when you're little that you cannot tie back to a specific memory, but it's like, it's not a very, yeah, like because it's not clear, but it's there. Yeah. And then the fact that it's also Christmas Eve, on top of that, it just has this very like eerie feeling of being back at a place that you haven't been at for a long time. You know, going back to like even the place where you went to college or I, when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time in Oberlin because I sang out there and stuff. And so going back to Oberlin and then my internship was also in Oberlin. It's that sort of thing. It's nostalgia, but it's not quite nostalgia. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been here before. It's not deja vu, but it's similar to deja vu. Well, it's well. that feeling of like comfort and familiarity and like reminiscence. Yes, although even more muted. Like, I remember going to Oberlin. Like, he doesn't remember per se what it's like at Godric's Hollow unless he like did some work, you know self-work or whatever. I'm sure it's probably pretty grounding for him too, like having spent so much, you know, of these past several months kind of on the run to be like, oh, here's a place where I at one time probably belonged that has meaning and isn't mm -hmm. just like another random place. Like he's been kind of nomadic. No, I think that, that I think place. that that's really probably where that's coming from. They walk into the town after he takes off the invisibility cloak because he loves to be dangerous. They See are. that cool statue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. There is a little bit more. Sorry, I keep no, looking no, at things fine. and seeing things that tie back. In terms of nostalgia, too, there's mm -hmm. some also nostalgia for like Christmas at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's like his first Christmas. Point. Yeah. Christmas in general is also a time where you reflect on the year, past Christmases, and things like that. It really is a far cry. Like, in my points, the thing that is still miscellaneous and whatever the miscellaneous category is, I think it's like magical objects or something, that has the most points is Christmas, because it gave Christmas 200 points in the first book. How things have changed, like, from that. <clears throat> That's when he, like, got his invisibility cloak, and the first time he got presents and things like that. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're dealing with now. That it, it also kind of, like, helps give that sort of perspective as well. But yes, so they go into this town, like you had said... And that's when Hermione's like, it, I think it's Christmas Eve, and this is where they passed the War Memorial. Hermione points at the War Memorial. As they had passed it, it had transformed. Instead of an obelisk covered in names, there was a statue of three people, a man with untidy hair and glasses, 
woman with long hair and a kind, pretty face, and baby boy sitting in his mother's arms. Snow lay upon all their heads like fluffy white caps. He's, like, looking at his parents and himself, memorialized this way. My question is, what do witches and wizards see when they go to the Washington Monument? Because mm. this was super cool to see how they disguise things. Like, oh, all right, is that a canon thing now? Yeah. Where, like, if you see an obelisk, it's actually something else that you can't actually tell what it is. I mean, I feel like there was probably some sort of wizarding battle in America. Maybe Washington was a fucking wizard, too. Who knows? There's probably all kinds of interesting, like, wizarding monuments and memorials in Washington, D.C. Probably in New York as well. That's when they moved toward the graveyard. And there's a few notable things here. So, of course, the Dumbles are buried here. So, yeah, Harry finds Abbott, which maybe suggests that the Abbott family is pure blood. I was Mm -hmm. thinking about that. Which means if they are, then they're still pureblood wizards in the world because Neville Longbottom's a pureblood. And Anne Abbott and Neville Longbottom get married. Mm, Yeah. So the Malfoys are not the only pureblood people out there because the two youngest Weasleys totally marry muggle-borns and half-blood. So (laughs) So we know that there's no more pureblood there anyway. Hermione finds Kendra and Ariana. And then there's the quotation, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm guessing that Aberforth came up with that epitaph on their grave, you think? Why? Why would it be him and not Elvis? My assumption would be that he kind of like took charge of all of that because he was like, well, Albus was not. Well, I mean, Kendra died first. So was that put on when Kendra died or was it put on after Ariana died? Oh my gosh. To me, so your treasures, also your heart will be. That feels like following your heart and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I could always bring this back to meditation and like meditating from like your heart chakra and things like that. And how like that has magical implications and, and whatnot. I feel like because of and like I still haven't had seen Secrets of Dumbledore. I have probably seen enough content based on like things that I've researched. I have like thoughts on what could potentially happen in that movie. Let's just say it that way. My thought is that was probably put on when Kendra died. And then Ariana was added to the family grave. That is what I think probably happened. Yeah. Because there's a, probably a lot of tension there after Ariana After dies. Ariana died. Well, I feel like if it was added after Kendra died, it probably was Elvis. But if it was after Ariana, it would yes. be Aberforth. I think so, too. That, I mean, obviously, we don't know. And then we see the Deathly Hallows and on the And we see the Deathly Hallows on this like, grave that we can't read. We just see the first name, which is and Ignatius, And then she says, Ignotus, I think. Ignotus, I think. Ignotus. Yeah, yeah. And then Harry's like, listen, I'm not interested. I'm going to keep for my parents. Yeah. I think it was interesting how, like, they took that moment for Harry to, like, recognize the parallel between his parents and Dumbledore's family being buried so close together, and then, like, him taking that moment to be, like, almost a little bit resentful that Dumbledore didn't yeah. mention it or take him there. That's been and, through a lot of this book, Yeah, too. Yeah, but... like, calling back to, like, how he thought of Dumbledore as kind of family and was kind of hurt that Dumbledore didn't embrace that a little bit more. That, but I think the biggest thing, because I think that is something that I've definitely think seemed in a struggle, and I probably will continue to be a struggle for Harry, but I think the comparison is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Of like, look how similar we were. Yeah. And then it's so funny, because you can also then see the obvious similarities between him and Voldemort. 
seems like there's a lot more awareness of how he's similar to these figures yeah. at this point. Well, there's also, again, something something innocent about Harry being like, why did he talk about this? One, it shows just how aloof Dumbledore really was mm-hmm. and how much Harry really relied on what that connection was and Harry also realizing that it wasn't as strong a connection as he thought, which I'm sure was extra difficult for him. It's really more proof that Dumbledore was like not aware of what sort of significance he held not just in Harry's life but a lot of people's like he gets put on this pedestal and then you just see as Harry's analyzing this like he didn't even go out of his way to to talk to me about this and that's just not Dumbledore's way it's not like Dumbledore was like required to tell Harry about his personal life Harry felt like they had a connection enough that that would have come up if it was as close as he thought it was so then we see our final grave, and it's that of Lily and James. And that inscription is... The last <laughs> enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And Hermione looks at it at this very positive thing in terms of death being this thing that is just something that you move through as a soul is kind of how I wrote it. There's an inscription in there of how they she interprets yeah, it Yeah, so she says, because Harry is like, um, isn't that a Death Eater idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that there? And she says it doesn't mean... Defeating death in the way the Death Eaters mean it, Harry, said Hermione, her voice gentle. It means, you know, living beyond death, living after death. Mm-hmm. And Harry is still caught up on the, like, they're not living. They're literally, like, their remains are dust now. <laughs> right. And it's, of course, that they're coming from different places, because Hermione, these are not her parents. This is the theme of this book. Yeah. You know, the whole thing of death is the next great adventure, and what happens at the end of the book, and all right. of this... It's so interesting that here we are, and really in this chapter is where we start to get like major clues. Like we still don't know that what the Deathly Hallows even are. Mm-hmm. And here we are seeing it multiple times. We're seeing the theme show up right here by his parents. Like it finally feels like we've been building up to this with some of the Rita Skeeter stuff of like Dumbledore's family and the blah, 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 blah. It, I really enjoyed that like button on this chapter. I did too, and I also like that Lily was older than James. I was going to point that out too. But Hermione is a month. Hermione is older than Ron. It's kind of just a cool thing to see because traditionally always like, oh, the male is always older than the female. But also, also the like fact that people thought that James and Lily, you know, when when we're looking back at their school years, like James was a bully and he was a jock and Lily was a nice smart girl. So you're like, they don't belong together. And then Hermione and Ron. And you're like, Hermione is older than Ron. I think that's an interesting look. I don't know that that was something that, that was, like, thought out, but I thought it was interesting. See, I've always just thought it was the man is older than the other man. Interesting fact. So both the quote that's on Lily and James's grave and the quote that was on the Dumbledore's graves are verses from the Bible. Yes. Well, I definitely didn't pick up on that. I was looking into oh, it. Oh, you, you looked into yes, it? Yes, and I discovered that they are... Both quotes in the Bible. One is from uh, the book of Matthew. The other is from the book of Corinthians. That is interesting that... What's the author's okay. name in this? Oh, I don't know. What do we want to call that? You guys pick an author's name. Toe-tongue. Toe-tongue. Oh, Toe-tongue. For some reason decided that... Ingrown she... toenail. Oh, ingrown toenail. That's a really good ingrown toenail it is. <laughs> do I have a second? I have a second. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> so it is funny that Harry's viewpoint is, you know, they are looking at death being defeated and, like, you know, you're nothing after you die. Just, like, feels like a very kind yeah. of the atheist view versus Hermione's interpretation, which is kind of the more Christian view of it. Well, the funny thing is, is 
Sure, let's play the witchy music. Death does not mean death in the tarot. It means a change. I knew that. Good job, Brian. Did I learn you that? Probably. I'm Good for you. Did I learn you that? I always thought that was weird. Teach versus learn. I remember that being a thing in like English classes. Of, like Common mistakes of people saying learn instead of teach. So now I just think it's funny. I'm glad I learned you a thing. But continue. So death um, does not mean death. It means an end to something, but right after anything ends, there's always a new beginning. The beginning, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because I do think that Ingrown Toenail has incorporated some things through like, I mean, here's the thing. Just like with any discipline area of learning, there's so much to learn. But like from what I know, like there are things that are in this book that feel real to me. And then in this case, like, I've always even thought it was weird. Like, why does she have them celebrate Christmas? Why should she have them celebrate Yule instead? Mm -hmm. But in this case, she's using, like, actual scripture here. And it's sort of, like, we're able to interpret that a certain way, even though it's actual scripture. So it's interesting to me. Does anybody have anything else to say about this chapter? It's depressing. It is, it but is. we're in Deathly Hallows now, so... But it is, like, kind of that chapter where they're decompressing from Ron just leaving. Yeah. Which... No, that, too. It was know? just funny, because when... It's a dark moment. Because when Tara, you know, when we were talking about, like, what we were going to be recording, and she was like, oh, it's Godric Kahlo uh, that we'll be talking about. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Because in my mind, I was combining this chapter and, and the, then I was the full... Secret. Oh, sorry. So I'm... I was fully prepared to be reading oh, into... Jesus. The whole the film. Well, she's coming. And then the chapter ended, and I was like, oh, oh. I oh. guess that's it. Yeah, when I was like, this is an uneventful chapter. I was like, chapter. no, it is a, it's very much a setting up the next yeah. chapter chapter. Fathilda Vadshad is looking around the corner. Who's that wonderful girl? Who's <laughs> <laughs> your What's your game? Okay, so I'm gonna, I hope this works. Okay. So we're going to play yes and wrong answers only. I was so hoping for wrong answers only. And I'm just going to point to people and you can wrong answers only it. How's that? Okay. okay. But then can we like chime in if we have another wrong answers only? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to an answer. <laughs> what does Harry discover about Mr. Weasley when he rummages through Dolores Umbridge's office? Wrong answers only. That he has been sleeping with that anhill hair bitch. <gasps> yes. How dare he cheat on Molly with, what was her name? Was that Wakanda? Wakanda. Wakanda. He be cheating on Molly with Wakanda. My cop Molly going to be whooping I, I his ass. By a cat fetish. Oh, so Wilbur, not Wilburga. That's why. That's There's Mrs. No Black. Fetish. Wakanda is like. Wakanda. Wait, cat fetish. Yeah. Who has the cat fetish? Arthur Weasley. Why is he sleeping with Umbridge? Maybe he is sleeping with Umbridge. Because he has a cat fetish. He <laughs> is sleeping with Umbridge. Yeah. Oh because my god. Because he has a cat fetish. Wouldn't he be sleeping with McGonagall if he had a cat fetish? Oh! He's probably sleeping with. We already know that Arthur Weasley is sleeping with Wakanda, Dolores. And Minerva. <laughs> uh, okay. 
<laughs> Next wrong answer is only why won't Rufus why? Scrimgour <laughs> give Godric Gryffindor's sword to Harry? Wait, one more time. Why won't Scrimgour give Godric Gryffindor's sword to Harry? Because that's what he named his penis, and he's like, I'm not giving my sword, the sword of Gryffindor, to you, Harry. Because <laughs> Rufus Gryffindor is a weird old straighty. Fucking weird straight people. But I like that answer. Thank you. I think that's correct. Any other ones? It is correct. All of the answers are correct in this game. What happens when Harry touches the snitch to his mouth? Oh, it starts Brian. buzzing. I, I mean, I was essentially going to go the route that Sarah went. <laughs> I was just going to say he swallows it. Well, I was going to say it, it buzzes oh. in excitement. It buzzes the in snitch excitement. buzzes in excitement. It opens up and starts playing happy birthday. Oh, nice. oh. Sounds wholesome. How wholesome. <laughs> what new location is selected for the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix? The Bed Bath & Beyond down the street that used to be a Spirit Halloween. <laughs> I literally, it was a Spirit Halloween, and now the sign is down, and it's like the brick behind what they painted over, like the lights. So they put installed the lights on the brick, and then they painted the blue behind it. So I'm like, oh, that's right. It used to be Bed Bath & Beyond that's been Spirit Halloween. But now the they're moving in there. Does that be on? No, the fucking order oh, of the yeah. Jesus. Come on, wake up, Tara! <laughs> <laughs> Why must the Dursleys leave their home? <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? The way that you said that was really good. Why must the Dursleys leave their home? Why must the Dursleys leave their home? Um, it got set on fires by Death Eaters. Oh, oh wait. Oh wait, wrong that house. In <laughs> Whoopsie. Because they're the type of people who, instead of washing their dishes, especially since Harry moved out and shit, <laughs> Harry moved out in this situation, okay? They don't know how to wash the dishes, so they just like keep buying new ones. And their house smells so fucking bad that they were like, we can't live here anymore or we'll die. So they're like, got time to throw away this house and get a new one. Just like they do with other dishes. I think Vernon murdered someone and they're on the road. Oh, that's so true. That's also a right answer. That's also. Who'd he murder? Oh, you said the Dursleys. <laughs> what did you think? Are you sure you haven't smoked today, Brian? Are you sure? Whose identity does Harry assume during the wedding? Charlie Weasley, remember? We talked about that. How that which is what it should have been. <laughs> or Percy! But instead, do you guys know the real answer to that? Some cousin, yeah, some cousin that's actually a, a redheaded muggle boy from the village. But they could have been just done Percy, and then how realistic would that have been? That's like the right answer from like some yeah, logic. People probably would, like a lot of people probably were asking questions. And then all he had to be like is like, "Yes, Queen, I do like subjects," <laughs> and then just keep that as his like personality today. Every, no one would have thought anything different. They'd be like, there he is, gay old Percy. There he is. Yeah. That's the last of those questions. That mm. yeah that you did was so somber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's just a big old gay. <laughs> Movie time. <laughs> Movie time. <laughs> so they are on some weird looking rocks and... They're pretty though. It is those, pretty. Those are the kind of rocks that like I would have fun Walking, climbing on those rocks. They would be fun what, rocks to climb yeah. upon. And in the background, you can see the beautiful highlands and like the farmland yeah. and stuff. It was very pretty. It, it, it was. was really pretty. I will say that I was like, 
how the fuck did they decide on this location? The it is super rainy. I yeah. do think that they've been done a good job with that. Like, even in the last episode where they were going through, like, it was very liminal space and stuff. Yeah. They've done a good job of showing, like, they are really getting around. <laughs> yeah. Getting Not that around. way. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is also when Harry decides really missing Ginny, so he makes out with Snitch, and then he's like, what the hell? And he gets a little message. <laughs> and then he's like, um, hey, I put, um, put this ball in my mouth and start talking You are forgetting something very Oh, no, we have to come back to that. that. Wait, what is it? When come Harry... Hermione goes to comfort Hermione. Hermione is listening to the, the music, oh, and Harry is like, "Oh my god, that happened Let's first. Dance. Yeah. How oh does everyone god. feel about oh that?" My god. Okay, so first of all, the tent was way too big. There's no. It's way a magic. It's It's the same tent that they take in the fourth book to the Quidditch World Cup, in which all the fucking Weasleys and Harry and Hermione oh, are. Yeah, I guess. That's a magic. It's a magic tent. Okay. And then Harry goes into it and he's like, I love magic. Like, that's Yeah, it was a weird moment. I feel like I the know. entire Harry Potter community is torn on that moment. At first, I hated it because I'm like, this is very awkward. The song is not a good dancey song. Like, the beginning, it feels like, uh, this a is like cringe. depressing almost. Mm-hmm. Cringe, yeah. yes, but also depressing. And you can tell that, like, nobody wanted to take Harry to the Yule Ball because that bitch is a white boy that has no rhythm. <laughs> oh my God. Because in college, little known fact, I taught swing dancing and tango in college. What? Yeah. Surprise. You learned something about me. And what they were doing was bad. <laughs> that was not very good dancing. But, honestly, it was really great acting because it started off so cringe you could tell it was this little moment that kind of brought them together, and it ended up being a little heartwarming at the end for me. I personally love it. I love that moment. I love that you can very much tell that, especially like when it's in the middle and it's just the music's all loud, you can just see that it is Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson having fun. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's true. You can true. just yeah. really see how much they are enjoying each other with that. Yeah. And then like as it slows down, there is 100% a moment where you think they're about to kiss. Yes. And I could co- yep. you can collectively hear the entire Harry Potter community going, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? When you read the book, or for me personally, when I read the book, never had any kind of like thought of Harry and Hermione yeah. being Same. together or anything yeah. like that. But the chemistry between Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe is off the charts. Yeah, when yeah. you focus more on the actors, honestly, in the scene, it's actually a little bit better. Yeah. Like, rather than thinking that it's Harry and Hermione. Can you imagine if they would have kissed... So at the end of the series, the hope was that Harry and Hermione would end it together and then Ron and Mrs. Cattermore would end it together. Right? They get their Ryan, kids. Who? You didn't write this book. <laughs> Someone needs to at least rewatch the movie, I think. <laughs> I've Correct. watched the movie multiple times. So, so Mrs. Cattermore? So fun fact this, about... The lady me. who was a muggle and was like, you're... Where'd you get that one, bitch? Umbridge is like, where'd you get that one? She's like, I got Whoa. it, Diane Ellie. Oh. Ron is his her is her husband. Her Ron's apologies for Or no, uh, Ron, the, the wife of Ron's apologies. Yes, oh, and okay. they kiss I in the movie. Okay, they don't okay. say her name in the movie. We're also a book podcast. So, okay, so fun fact about why I'm a little on this book. Okay, so I read this book when it first came out, which was the weekend that I had my wisdom teeth out. So I read the entire book while half high on Percocet. And then I have not read it since. So. 
I think okay. perhaps it requires a revisit, Sarah. I have a podcast you could listen to while doing a reread. I know. I've like reread the first, second, and third, and fourth books so often, and then I always like every time I go to like reread the series, I get girl. Stuck I understand the fifth series because it's so depressing. I understand. And like 100%. I just like like so it just like trails off, and so like the seventh book is like again like a haze drug dream to me, and you have to get through book five, but book six years. is a big improvement. Because book five, like, oh, yeah, we're this far mm. in. I know that you have much more pageant answer being like, I love all these books, they don't have a favorite. Book five is my least favorite, okay, oh, 100%. But book six is a lot better than I remember it from when I was read it. So, we read the books, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. Also, but I reread these books I'm 700 reading times. random chapters, like, again, I reread this chapter, I re- actually reread the chapter before this and then this chapter. Anyways, back to the, the, the almost Sorry. kiss. Yes. Sorry, so, we, we took a kiss. That's okay. Which it's doesn't happen in the book. The first time I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I was like, I, uh, as I'm always saying, I love when we are enhancing the fact that platonic heterosexual friendships are a good thing and all of that. I really, really, really enjoy what that is. And then I think about what, when they made the movie, like what kind of thing went through their frames when they were like, let's just do this. Because I think that there is also a large part of the fandom that's like, yes, Harry and Hermione should have been together. And like, I was like, are you trying to like play into their hands and give them that? I love that at the end of it, they like go their separate ways again. But then Harry has that moment because it does. Harry looks like he wants to kiss Hermione. And part of me wonders if that is just a space of like loneliness for him and him being like, this just feels like I don't have anyone else. Like I said during the chapter, this is just the thing that would happen, you know, and it's kind of like a generic feeling but it's also kind of a relatable thing, I think. I think being able to show that, and the two actors, of course, do a really great job with it, is like to be able to show that there are these two people who care about each other and they have no one else in the world. And it being in that very like desolate area that's like so far away from everything, and it really does feel like they're the only two people left on Earth. And so Harry, I think, is confused. And I think that he's just kind of like, maybe this is what I want. I don't know, and Hermione shuts that down, mm-hmm. you know. She has a boundary. You've thought very, very deep about this. I have, because I've, one, I've seen it lots of times, and two, I do have a lot of feelings yeah. about it, and I, of course, love highlighting heterosexual yeah. friendships, because I feel like everyone just assumes that if people are really close, they're in love with each other. Yeah. As a whole, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like we all have very unique perspectives on it, but... As a whole, I think we all positively kind of look at that. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Sarah? I think that you're the only one that perhaps... Sarah's still mad about the size of the tent. No. She I likes a big tent. Okay. She um... does. She likes a big tent. You love it when somebody pitches a big tent. Yeah, I don't really care about size. Oh, anyway. she wants it to be a comfortable five and a half. <laughs> I care about the cuddles. Anyway... I don't know. I think I have to look at it from two different ways. Like, I think when I see it just as a movie and I on a standalone and, like, don't compare it to the book and, like, what I think from the book, like, I think the moment works. Hey, this is this awkward moment and we're trying to reconnect when we're both feeling lonely and shitty and then <clears throat> appreciate that. But at the same time, like, when I think about it being, like, book Harry and Hermione, like, doing that and, like, them trying to be the same characters, I'm like, from Sarah's point of, you know, I appreciate Harry and Hermione so much because of their heterosexual platonic friendship being so close, and I kind of don't like that it has to put the romance 
in there. Sometimes I'm kind of just like, can't can it just be like, why did we have to like, have? Why that did we thing? have the little kissy thing? Why I did we have to have the hint of that? Like, and I understand it, but like, part of me is like, what? Mm-hmm. But why did? Yeah, the way that you because described it. Because in the book, it, I yeah. don't get the hint of that. Right. Well, and so it almost feels like a divergence of like a little bit different characters. That's a really good explanation of it. I will also be honest. The first several times I thought about it. I never really caught that like look from Harry. I didn't, I didn't think I even caught it. I didn't. I didn't necessarily well, I think it. of it as like any sort of like desire. It's almost like he looks at her like, "What do we do now?" Because he's always looked at Hermione for, "What do I do now?" And it's only really been since like the discussion of like what sort of chemistry those two actors have that makes me go, "Well, mm. if it is some sort of romantic thing, I think it's coming from a place where Harry is just like." what do I do now? And this is just the thing that society has yeah. told me, you know? Yeah, but no, I have, that's fair. But literally until this time watching it, I've always kind of just been like, oh, that's him just looking at her for the next steps because she's the leader even though he's... Yeah. I don't know, that's why I've always viewed it. So that's why I always kind of liked it. Hermione and Harry would rely on each other to try to get through something awkward and, and frustrating and difficult. Well, let's talk about when they go to the graveyard. Godric's Hollow as a whole. They walk through, and there's this little thing that we all were like, okay. <laughs> where Hermione's like, I wish we would have had Polyjuice Potion. I was like, like in the book. And Harry's like, this is where I was born. I don't need to hide from my past. I don't need no fucking Polyjuice Potion. It's fine. Yeah, right? He's like, I'm not going to show up here as someone else. Some old woman yeah. isn't going to transform into a giant snake and try to kill me here. No, not at all. And then the, Hermione's like, oh, I think it's Christmas Eve. Listen. And then you can hear people caroling. Because people only sing Christmas carols on Christmas Eve. Exactly. Especially yes. in this small Christmassy village. <laughs> it's the it only day. It couldn't be the day before Christmas or anything like that. No. Yeah. That's what Christmas Eve is. Oh, my God. <laughs> So they go into the graveyard and Hermione starts dusting off graves and the no, first no. one No, Hermione immediately dusts. That's what I'm saying. And the first thing we see is the fucking Deathly House. Like, oh, like, oh what's this? And then she wipes off a peveril. Yeah. We only get ignotus in the book, but we get peveril in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, that was convenient. Like the first two that they they even go to. Like, how big is this graveyard? Right. There's no Dumble graves yeah, they at don't, all. They don't go to Kendra and Ariana's graves. And then they see Lillian and Jesus. Yeah. And then they do the little. Hermione makes the wreath, which I which I like that they kept that detail. And I think oh, it, it was just... a much smaller wreath than I imagined when I read the book. It is a little bit small. That is yeah. true. In the book, it talked about like how Harry just wanted to get out of there. Then he was like he did he couldn't fathom spending another second here. And you kind of get that feeling, but then they say Merry Christmas to one another. Yeah. And then there's a beautiful girl in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have anything else to say? We all all had a lot to say about the dancing, but we have nothing to say about the graveyard. I mean, we, 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 I'm not we trying to encourage you. It's fine if we move on, but yes. I'm like, whoa, we talk a lot I mean, about I'm, I'm okay with the fact that the Dumbles weren't in there. Like, it, it didn't well, feel like the, anything that really added There's it. not as much focus on there's it. Not, yeah, 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 the movie doesn't focus that much on the mystery of Dumbledore. We yes. spend so much time in the book in Harry's head and, like, Harry's kind of background with Dumbledore that yeah. they can't really portray in the movie, so right. adding yeah. the Dumbles would not have been great. All right, well, negative 50 to Ron. And the reason why, <laughs> he's not in this chapter, is oh. the last chapter, I, I don't think I even took, I guess I could turn the page and find out. 
Yeah, I didn't take anything away from Ron because I'm very cognizant also of like what that Horcrux do. <laughs> like, what, what is that doing to him to yeah. make it mm-hmm. now? And I think when we discussed it, we had said uh, that's plays part in it, but some of it is definitely Ron being a big baby. Here you see the fallout from that. And so I took those 50 points away, divide them up, and give Harry and Hermione 25. Because they make a journey through this chapter. You know, they learn a little bit more. It's the next, like, big place to go. Really, since they've been camping, it's the first big place to go, truly. But, like, in the scheme of the book, it's like, okay, we've been to Grimmauld Place. Now we've been to the Ministry of Magic. Now let's go here. It feels like that next big milestone and then plus five to Phineas Nigelis Black for being fun and entertaining I fucking love Phineas Nigelis Uh, we know next time we're gonna do chapter 17 yes chapter 17 which is called Bethilda's Secret and it will be grand what do you think her secret is she's got a giant snake she do have that, a giant that is, snake. That is her secret. It's a big pendulum it's snake. It's a big old snake. snake. Swanging around. And these two bitches won't be here next time. So, no, bye. No, we won't. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here again. <laughs> we love you. I'm sorry you're going to miss me so much. You know it. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry we didn't <laughs> talk about dicks more. Well... There was a very surprising lack of... I mean, we just ended. With All right, well, dicks, have at it. We dicks, got 30 dicks, seconds. Sticks, sticks, sticks. Sticks, 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 Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!